the perfect kicks for this message. I gotta have the right shoes. Very important. place like relevant there's no place like relevant put on the full armor of god relevant Oh, thank you. Wow. Nice. Well, you, you got to have the right pair of shoes for the occasion. Am I right? I mean, you, you just have to. So after our uh, extensive citywide search for just the perfect pair of kicks for this message for our topic today, um, I, I think I found them. Uh, can you zoom in on these bad boys? So we've been talking about the armor of God. And uh, so spoiler alert, today we're going to talk about the shoes of peace. So check these out. Huh? Whoa. You guys see that? The Crocs of Peace I got on this morning. They're not actually Crocs. They're uh, knockoff Target brand Crocs. So uh, generic Crocs of Peace for, uh, for our topic. I think I, think I hit it. Uh, well, we've been talking the past few weeks about this armor of God. And, um, well, you might have a hard time taking me seriously with these on. So let me, let me go ahead and change. Hopefully this is not awkward to do this. To know you're alive, it's such a happy feeling. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> little Mr. Rogers. Ready to say, it's a wonderful day. It's Won't you be mine? Okay, so let me catch up on this uh, series we've been in. So we've been talking about the armor of God and this battle that we're in. And we've talked about this. We have an, an unseen cosmic spiritual battle going on this I get nervous tying my shoes in front of a big crowd I've done this for years uh, but it gets harder when people are watching uh, we have this this battle raging in the world that, that's unseen you know, it's a, a spiritual battle it's on a level we can't see um, and I know it sounds super weird I, I get it but in this battle we have an enemy and it's not our spouse it's not our kids, it's not our boss, it's not that annoying neighbor, um, it's not a person. We have a spiritual enemy, and his name is Satan. I know that sounds super weird, but it's, but it's true. And he has a force of evildoers that are working against all the good that God wants to do in your life and in the world. Paul the, the Apostle, one of the writers of Scripture, put it like this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of, armor of God so that you can stand against the evil. The, against the devil's schemes. Here it comes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I know how strange that sounds, Lord of the Rings kind of stuff. But the writers of Scripture were very clear, and Jesus told us about it first, that he came to give us an abundant, full meaningful, satisfying, eternal life with Him. 
but that we have an enemy whose chief objective is to kill, steal, and destroy any of the good that God will want to do in your life and in the world. As strange as all that sounds, if we're really honest, um, we would all have to admit, you know what, it, it sure seems like something is battling against me at times. You know, it sure seems like there's a, something evil that's winning in the world when you see all the drought and famine and war and poverty and hunger and desperation and hopelessness and tension and anxiety and just pure sin running rampant everywhere. You know, that sort of explains some things like, okay, there, there's something going on here maybe that we don't see. But Jesus and the writers of Scripture, they don't tell us about this enemy to make us afraid of the enemy. Because our enemy was defeated the days that Jesus died and then he rose back from the grave. Jesus has won ultimately. Yes. And he will return to crush that enemy under his feet at a point in history when God decides, I've given everybody as much opportunity as I can to turn to Jesus. It's time to end this battle. It, it will end. And Jesus will win, ultimately. But the writers of Scripture want us to know, in the meantime, we're in a battle for our lives. We're in a battle for our souls. And we need to be ready. We're in a battle daily. So we must daily prepare for battle. So we've been talking about the last few weeks. It's a daily battle. We've got to daily get ready. So how do we prepare? Well, Paul goes on to tell us. Therefore... Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when, not if, the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. To stand firm and not be devoured by our enemy, we have to get ready to fight every day. Uh, but we can't fight on our own strength. We don't have to fight on our own strength. This is a spiritual battle that's way above our pay grade. We've got to put on Jesus' power and, on, and his armor to fight this battle. So that's what we've been talking about. We've looked at two pieces of armor so far. Paul lays it out like this. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And here's where we're going today. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's a little confusing for me. I like another version that says it like this. For shoes... Put on the peace that comes from the good news. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. I feel like I should put my Crocs of peace back on. You get it now. You see where we're going. you got to have the right shoes. But that seems like a little bit of a funny call out with all these other, you know, beastly sounding kind of pieces of armor. You know, you got the shield and the sword that we'll be talking about in a few weeks. This breastplate and, you know, these just very warrior sounding pieces but then Paul says, you got to take the right shoes into battle. Interesting. Um, I'm a runner, so I know all about having the right shoes. Um, I have a very special relationship with my running shoes. I love my running shoes. Um, if I could go get a new pair of running shoes every week, I would, because I just love my running shoes. But I have my lawn mowing shoes, and I don't run in my lawn mowing shoes. I don't mow the yard in my running shoes. I have snowshoes. I have work shoes. I have casual shoes. You got to have the right shoes. Well, my friends um, Igor and Sarah Oksyanov here at Relevant and uh, their two girls, they've sort of taken this to the extreme. Uh, their, their garage shoe pile is semi-famous. So let, let me show you this. Check this out. There we go. There's the Oksyanov. Some of you may be going, how big is that family? It's family of four. 
Um, some of you may be saying, hey, that ain't nothing. You should see my shoes. But, uh, you know, they've got, they got shoes to cover. It. And, you know, this is with their daughter Kate away at school. So add about 15, 20 pairs to the pile, and you get a, you get a feel for it. Um, so Igor wanted us to know that, that his shoes are just this little bit right here. So he made a little yellow made a little yellow box there. So make sure everybody knows these are my shoes. The rest are Sarah and the girls. So we need the right shoes for battle that we're heading into every day. But it's so interesting when Paul calls out the right shoes for this battle we're in, you might think he would, he would say, man, we got to have some big, heavy metal crushing shoes. Yeah, just some killer shoes to crush the enemy. We need a, a bruising heel on these things to just put the enemy away once and for all. It's sort of what the feel you get with this armor, like, yeah. But Paul says, no, we need the shoes of peace. The shoes of peace that come from the good news. That doesn't sound very battle-worthy, does it? The shoes of peace. But as we'll see this morning, these shoes of peace are crucial for the battle. And we cannot win without these shoes of peace. Can't win without them. So what are the shoes of peace that come from the good news? Uh, sometimes called the gospel. You see that in scripture. It'll say, you know, talk about the gospel. It's the good news. So if I were to boil it down, I would say it like this. Here, here's the good news shoes of peace. You can walk through every day, every hour, every minute of your life reunited at peace with the God of the universe who is crazy about you. Catch that. This is the good news. You, me, sinners, every single one of us separated from God because of our sin, the good news is we can walk through life every day reunited and at peace with God because of what Jesus did for us. The most famous verse in the Bible. You see it pop up in, uh, you know, football games sometimes. John three sixteen. It says, "For God so loved the world, God so loved you, God so loved every person all throughout history. Everyone born, He loved them so much that He sent His only Son to die, and bring you back together with Him, and give you full life now and life forever." You see, because of our sin. You know, our violation against a holy, perfect God, the reality is we were separated from God with no hope of closing the gap. There was nothing we could do to work our way to God. There was nothing we could do to be perfect enough for God. There was a gap we could not close. That's when Jesus died to take away all the sins of all the world of all time. Think about that. You just start piling up all the sins of all the world of all time, including mine, including yours. That's a lot of sin. Someone had to pay for this violation that we've all committed against a holy, perfect God, and Jesus took it all on himself, all that sin from us and everyone else who ever lived. He took it all and died for all of it so that we can have peace with the God who made us and loves us. Before Jesus we were separated from God. Before him, we were enemies of God. Before Jesus, we had no hope, no peace as we stand before God every day and at the end of time. But now, because of Jesus and what he did for us, our relationship can be restored. 
we can be brought back together and be at peace with God. Now, we kind of breeze by this a lot of times. We go, yeah, I know, I know. Jesus died to forgive our sins. Got it. What, what else you got for me? I want to encourage you this morning. I want to challenge you. Don't minimize this. Please let this sink in for a minute this morning. Let it sink in. We had zero hope of gaining peace with God without Jesus dying in our place. Zero. We had zero shot of finding any peace in our souls without Jesus' perfect sacrifice. Zero shot. Let that sink in. We just blip right by that and go, oh yeah, Jesus died for me. No, let that sink in. We had zero chance of being brought back together. The spiritual battle we're in was won on a grand scale and we gained true peace with God the day that Jesus died and the day he rose from the dead. In another letter, Paul wrote to a different group of Christ followers. He put it like this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we've been brought back together with God. Our sins have been wiped away. It's just as if we never sinned when we're before God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you put your faith in Jesus, who lived a perfect, sinless life, died for all the sins of all time, including mine, including yours, and rose from the dead to prove he's God, you now have peace with God when you put your faith in him. Don't skip past this today. This is huge. We have to take it on for ourselves. We have to put our faith in Jesus as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life. And if you've never done that, as we've been saying all through this series, the enemy has been winning the battle in your life up to now. The enemy is winning. Because you're still separated from God. You don't have the peace with God that comes only by putting your faith in Jesus. It's the only way to get it. True peace with God. It's one of the best reasons I can think of that you should seriously consider putting your faith in Jesus today. Right now. Right here. That's the good news of peace. That you can put on these shoes of peace for the first time. And I would encourage you to go for it today so that you can get a leg up in this battle for your soul. So you can have a chance of winning this battle for your soul. Who wouldn't want that? But as we know with getting dressed every day, uh, sometimes multiple times a day, you don't just put on your shoes once and, and you're good to go. You know, just skip on through life. Don't have to ever change your shoes anymore. No, you, your size keeps changing. You get, you know, you have to get new shoes, you wear shoes out, you get tired of them, you need one for every color of outfit, you know, whatever. Um, we got to have, we got to keep putting our shoes on. So those of you who put your faith in Jesus, um, you're trying to walk with God weekly, daily, every minute of the day. So what does it mean for you to stay ready every day, every situation, every decision with those shoes of the good news of peace tied on tight? What's that look like for you? Well, you put them on for the first time when you put your faith in Jesus, but you're in a daily battle that we've been talking about. Um, and if you're like me, it's not only a daily battle, it's a battle throughout the day. Just, man, things just come up all through the day that it, it's a battle. And am I going to experience God's peace or something else? Am I going to walk through life in a way that God wins? You know, my attitudes, my actions, my feelings, my emotions reflect God and honor God in my life or is Something else is going to come out. So we have this battle every day. 
that we need our shoes of peace. So what's it mean for us to go through our days with our shoes of peace that come from the good news? Well, more on how to put the shoes on in a minute. Uh, But first I want us to look at why it's so important for us to strap on our shoes of peace. Why, Why is it important? For those of you who haven't put your faith in Jesus yet, we covered it. It's clear. There's a battle for your soul. It's going to be won or lost based on you putting your faith in Jesus, based on what Jesus did for you. The enemy would like nothing more for you to push it off and wait or let a bad church experience or let a mean Christian you met you know, or something keep you from finding peace with God. But don't let him do it. Don't let him win. For followers of Jesus, we need to focus on putting on our shoes every day, all day, because this is one of the primary places that the enemy is going to attack you on living with the peace of God in your life. Jesus told us this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Jesus said, I'm giving you this peace to walk through life with all day, every day. But there's a chance your heart's going to get troubled. There's a chance you're going to be afraid. If you have put your faith in Jesus, the enemy has lost the war. He's lost the war, and he knows it. But if he can kill, steal, and destroy the peace that Jesus died and rose to give you just for a day, just for part of a day, just in a situation, he's won a skirmish with you. High five for the enemy. He's won. We'll talk later in this series about the fiery darts the enemy shoots our way. But from my experience in walking through life with God for a lot of years now, I would say stealing your peace is one of his favorite darts to shoot. It's one of his favorites. Stealing your peace, making you anxious, making your heart troubled and afraid of what's swirling around you. And he would would also love to plant that doubt in your mind about the good news of peace in your life. And he does it all the time. So he'll plant that doubt. You know, do you really believe that you have peace with God just by putting your faith in Jesus. Do you really think it's that simple, the enemy would say. There's got to be more. You've got to work your way to it. You've got to earn your way to that. Do you know who you are? Do you remember what you've done? The enemy is so good at it. Man, the darts just to remind us in the life videos that come back up of where we've been and what we've done. And once again, we're there not experiencing the peace of God. He's got us just for that, that time. He's got us. He's taking the peace away. You're not worthy of peace with God, he'll say. You've got to work for it. You've got to add to it. It's got to be Jesus plus some of your own efforts. It's got to be Jesus plus going to church. Jesus plus giving some money. Jesus plus whatever. The enemy and his demons are masters at making us doubt that it's God's grace alone and faith in Jesus alone that can bring us peace with God every day. They're masters at it. This is how I spent a lot of years of my adult life after putting my faith in Jesus. Um, I knew in my head, and I'd heard all along, even as a kid, that that I had peace with God because of Jesus and nothing else. But I grew up in a religious tradition that, um, man, they would say it's about, yeah, it's about what Jesus has done, but we've got a long list of things that you need to do. And we've got an even longer list of things for you not to do to be at peace with God. 
they go, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus did this. But for you to stay in good graces with God, you, you got to keep the list. you gotta be, you got to be perfect for God to accept you. So I strived. I strained to be good enough. I worked so hard thinking it was Jesus plus a lot of things. And the reality is that I lived with um, every day for a lot of years that I had to work at it to measure up to God. I had to be perfect to measure up to God, and I was going to achieve it. I, I wanted it. So the enemy had me. The enemy had me. He was robbing every ounce of peace with God I had. Because in reality, I operated as if Jesus had done some important things to give me peace with God, but I had to add some other stuff. I, I got to make it on my own efforts on top of that. This is one of the enemy's favorite schemes. Keeping you busy trying to earn your way to God. Keep putting doubt in your mind that you have to earn it and walk around in shame for who you are and what you've done and where you've been. But Jesus says, no, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Put your shoes of peace on that come from the good news and don't believe that anymore. Put your shoes on, shoes of peace. So how do you do it? How do you put on the shoes of peace every day so you're ready for battle? How do you put on those shoes of peace throughout the day so you're ready for skirmishes that come along all day every day to try to rob peace with God from you? Again, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, one way. Put those shoes on by putting your faith in Jesus. Do it today. For those who put their faith in Jesus, a few ways to put on the shoes of peace daily to be prepared for the battle. Here's the first one. Thank God that you're at peace with him every day. Thank God that you're at peace with him every day. Every day, remember, reflect, rewind, renew, reaffirm, celebrate that you have peace with God. This is a big deal. So let's start making it a big deal every day. Let's, I want you to practice something with me. Okay, we're going to do this. When you're getting ready for your day and putting on your shoes for the first time in the day, hopefully you put some shoes on at some point um, when you're going to go do something. Some people like barefoot, but... Um, hopefully you'll put shoes on most days. When you're putting your shoes on for the first time of the day, here's what I want you to do. As you're putting your shoes on, I just want you to breathe out this very simple prayer. God, thank you that I have peace with you because of what Jesus did for me. God, thank you that I have peace with you because of what Jesus did for me. Okay, we're going to practice it. Here we go. The first service, they, were, they, were, they really hesitate on this. You guys are going to nail it. All right, I want you to kneel down like you're putting your shoes on, like you're tying your shoes. Come on, you can do this. I wore Crocs up here. You can do this. All right, act like you're putting your shoes on. You got them tied. As you're doing it, as you're pretending to put your shoes on, just breathe this prayer. God, thank you that I have peace with you today because of what Jesus did for me. Can you imagine what your days would be like if every day you started with a reminder a refresher, of just re-upping. God, thank you that this day, as this day starts, I have peace with you. I'm not in the hole with you because of who I was and what I did yesterday. You're not holding over my head what I did last month or five years ago or 1999 in college or whatever. You're not holding it over my head. Your mercy is new for me every single day. And I have peace with you every day. And I think this would do something to our souls, to our 
walks with God if we just remembered every single day, thank you, God, that I have peace with you because of what Jesus did for me. One of the writers of the Old Testament and Scripture put it like this. He said, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Isn't that incredible news? That every morning when you wake up, you're not in the hole with God, but his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness is new for you every single day. Man, that's a new life. That's a new way to walk through your days. God, thank you that I'm at peace with you today because of what Jesus did for me. Let's practice that together this week. You guys do it? Putting your shoes on, putting your Crocs on, you're going to do it? Okay, good. Then we can keep our shoes of peace on throughout the day, uh, refresh that peace with God through the day by doing a couple things. Here's, here's the first one. Follow Jesus into wherever he leads you as you're going through your day. We have peace with God because of our faith, faith in Jesus. We experience God's peace by following Jesus one next step at a time. You know, we say it around here all the time. How do you follow Jesus? One next step at a time. When Jesus tells you to do something, do it. Jesus tells you to stop something, stop it. Jesus tells you to go there, go there. It's very much what he had in mind when he called his early followers and he said, follow me. And they were like, okay, what does that mean exactly? Where, where are we going? Uh, what are we going to be doing? We were having this discussion with our starting point group uh, this past week, and we were talking about, you know, what does following Jesus mean? What does that look like? You know, what are, how's my life going to change, and what am I going to do? And we're like, I don't know. It's following Jesus one next step at a time, whatever he leads you to do. And we can find this out by asking a very important question all day through the day, and it's this. What do you want me to do? Just very simply, you're heading into that meeting that you think might get a little tense. You know, Jesus, what do you want me to do when I walk in there? What kind of attitude do you want me to take in? You know, you have a situation with your kids. You're not sure what to do with you. Like, Jesus, what do you want us to do? Give us wisdom. Show us what to do. We'll do it. When you're responding to your spouse, Jesus, what do you want me to do? I had a great opportunity to, to exercise this yesterday. I, I love how God always does this to me. I'm going to teach on a topic, and then he just gives me a chance to practice it. He's like, is this real for you, or are you just getting up there and sort of saying some stuff? So yesterday, I took my uh, lovely, beautiful wife, Lori, and a couple of her friends that are in town, took them to, uh, they wanted to go to junk stock. You guys know what junk stock is? It's this thing like where six million people go to this farm. And they just buy junk, I guess. I don't know. But it must be great junk because there's so many people there. So she's like, hey, can you drop us there so we don't have to, you know, park and walk? Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. And then, um, you know, call me when you're ready to come back and I'll, I'll come get you. So, um, so she, you know, they do their thing. She calls me and she said, hey, yeah, we're ready to go. Uh, why don't you call me when you're five minutes away and we'll walk out to the front, meet you there so you don't have to go down in this mess. I mean... Was anybody there yesterday? This thing is, it don't don't go. I'm sorry, <laughs> junk stock. The junk stock organizers in here. I'm sorry. Don't go to this thing. It's terrible. Anyway, so so I'm going and I get there and I'm about five minutes away. So I go, okay, hey. So I call Lori uh, to let her know I'm about five minutes away. Uh, no answer. I was like, oh, okay. Well, just a lot of people. It's probably loud. 
So I call her again. No answer. Um, I call her again. And I'm, you got to know about me, I am a rapid fire caller. I mean, if you don't answer, I'm just going to keep on, keep on calling. So I called her maybe four or five times, no answer. So like, okay, well, maybe we're doing this through text. Maybe that's the thing. So I sent her a text. Hey, honey. I, I wasn't five minutes away then. I was about three minutes away at this point. Hey, honey, about three minutes away. Text, send, no response. So I just start calling again. I call, no response. I call, no response. Lori, are you here? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, shoot. Okay. So, so here we go. We have a perfect opportunity. And, and the thought even came to my mind, this is a great example of what do you want me to do? This is a great example of me, a good time when I should ask Jesus, what do you want me to do? When she finally answers the phone, what do you want me to do? And I think what he would have said is, I want you to be patient. I don't want you to take it out on her. I want you to, you know, treat her like you should. I, that's what he would have said if I would have asked. <laughs> uh, but I didn't. I didn't want to. Uh, I even had the thing that said, I should ask this, but I don't want to. I'm so frustrated right now. I'm in the, so by now I'm driving down. I'm weaving my way, people, dogs, junk. It's just... It's just ridiculous. I'm way down in the bowels of this thing. And finally, she answers. And I didn't give her the peace of God. I gave her a piece of my mind is what she got. Oh. Hey, you need to go to another church, lady. I don't like it when you're... So... So the times in my life, and probably you too, you think about this, when I've stopped and I've said, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And I take the next step to follow him and do what he says. I experience the peace of God, and I give out the peace of God, not, not a peace of my mind. So one way to keep, keep your shoes of peace on all day, every day, just keep asking Jesus as you go through your days, go through your situations, decisions you have to make, things that pop up that you have to deal with. Jesus, what do you want me to do? And follow him one next step at a time. Do what he says. And here's the other one. Talk with God often. Some people would call this prayer. Uh, but we get a little weird when we talk about prayer versus just talking with God. Um, I heard some people in a small group not too long ago uh, talking about trying to make sure they have a prayer time every day. And I get it. It helps to have some focused time to connect with God. But but this is a, a living, breathing relationship that God is giving us the opportunity to have with him. So imagine, you know, telling your spouse or, you know, close friend or whatever, um, hey, I'm going to set an appointment to talk with you from 7.30 to 7.35 every day. That's going to be our talk time. That's the time we're going to connect. Does that, that work for you? We're good? Don't need anything else? Um, you know, no, that wouldn't work. This is a living, breathing friendship where the conversation flows throughout the day. And this is what God has given us the opportunity to have with him. You know, he's not looking for a, a prayer time. Prayer time is fine, helps us focus, but he's looking for a living, breathing friendship where we talk to him all day throughout the day. And look what we get to experience if we do that. Paul, writing to another group, says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. Talk to God about everything. 
Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Talk to God about it, whatever's going on. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't be confused. Don't fret. Don't get mad. Talk to God. And a peace which exceeds anything we can understand, a peace we can't make sense of, will guard our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. How's that sound for a daily walk with God versus a, a prayer time? You know, don't worry. Don't get anxious. Talk with God. He's there. Give it to God, whatever's going on throughout the day. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you could understand. And people around you won't understand it either. Like, how can you be at peace with what's going on? It's like, well, I've, I've been talking with God about it. They're like, oh, you're talking about praying? Well, yeah, we call it talk with God. But yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So put on the shoes of peace that come from the good news. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, you can do that right now, this morning, as we pray in a minute. Just tell Jesus, I want you to be the forgiver of my sins. Forgive me. Make me clean. Give me that peace with God and lead my life from here on out. That's it. If you're a follower of Jesus, put on these shoes of peace every day by thanking God for the peace you have because of what Jesus did for you. Following Jesus one next step at a time to whatever he leads you to. And then talking with God all day, every day about everything so you can continue to experience his peace. Let's pray together. God, I don't even know where to begin to say thank you. Uh, the words aren't big enough. There's not enough we could say uh, to say thank you that we have peace with you. Unreal. Because uh, I know who I am. I know what I've done. I know where I've been. Everybody else in the room knows who they are, where they've been, what they've done. And the fact that you would give us peace with you because of what Jesus did for us, uh, it's incredible. God, help us not to minimize it. Help us to remember it every day. Help us to rewind and go, oh, yeah, I have new peace with God this morning because of your mercy, because of your grace, because of your forgiveness. Thank you. God, I pray you'd give people in the room right now who've never put their faith in you, but they're, they're feeling a stirring to do that. They're feeling like you're saying, come, come to me if you want some peace. That's where you're going to get it. God, give them the courage to do it right now. Right now in this place to say, Jesus, forgive me and lead my life from here on out. God, give them the courage to do it right now. God, for the rest of us, uh, we want to go through our days experiencing your peace, and we want to win the battle against the enemy who wants to rob us of our peace. So God, just uh, give us the courage, give us the strength, empower us every day to put these shoes on, keep these shoes of peace on that allow us to experience your peace. I pray that for every person in this room, God, that they would experience more of you, more of your power, more of your presence, more of your peace in their life every day. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.